Hello and welcome to episode 67 of Little Cabin Knits Budgeting Tips with Julia. Little Cabin Knits is a bi-weekly to monthly podcast all about knitting, mental health advocacy, my new mama journey, and life happenings here in the wilds of Alaska with a little bit of Hugo sprinkled throughout. I'm your host, Emily. I'm a knitter, crafter, mental health therapist, and explorer of my home state of Alaska. This week's episode is a special one. This week I am interviewing my friend Julie. Uh, she is Julie Catch a Rabbit on Instagram. And so our segments are a little bit different this week, but we do have admin around the fire, on the couch, on the shelf. And personal skill set, which includes loads of Hugo moments. So we're just having that all in one. So thank you and for joining us today. Grab a cup of your choice. Grab a pen and pencil or a pen and paper because you're gonna want to take loads of notes on the ideas for budgeting and cleaning recipes that you can make at home that we talk about in this episode. And let's talk about knitting and budgeting tips. Administration. Just a few quick reminders. Uh, you can find me as Anders Mill Knits on Instagram and Ravelry. I also have a little cabin knits uh, Instagram account. You can find all of our show notes for today on BetweenKnitsAndPearls.com. We do have a uh, sponsor for our um, for our podcast, which is Charming You, who just came out with her latest, uh, her this year's Christmas Advent Calendar inspiration photos, and that's up for pre pre order as well as this week she put up her inspirational photo for Christmas in July kits and that is also up for uh, pre-order on her website and we are so grateful for Maureen at Charming You for being a sponsor uh, here at Little Cabinets. If you would like to be a guest on our, this show it's you guys will see from this episode I am really laid back we're just chatting as friends and we're sharing some inspiration some knowledge uh, some questions that might, you know, need further research because you'll see from this episode that there are some things that we even uh, are not sure of that we just kind of put out there like, oh, I, I wonder if this would work kind of a thing. Uh, it's very low key and I'd love to hear from you and have you on the show about just your life. Like, how are you making ends meet? What is what does it look like in this day and age? Or what are you working on knit-wise, crochet-wise, creative-wise? What are you doing to keep those creative juices flowing? We could have a discussion about books. Uh, my my book love is, <laughs> is pretty uh, staunchly on the shelves of self-help books or psychology books, fantasy novels, and historical romance novels. But I would love to expand my knowledge uh, and hear what what kind of books you guys all love to read uh, and enjoy. And if you would like to do that, go ahead and message me on Instagram. Again, Anders Milnitz on Instagram. Or you can email me at littlecabinnitsak at gmail.com. And last but certainly not least, we are doing our knit slash craft what you love knit along. 
I'm still calling it a knit along, even though you can do whatever craft you want. The only requirements are that you um, knit some knit or craft something that you that brings you joy, and feel free to double dip in other people's um, um, uh, craft alongs. Also, don't worry if you've already started your project it's it still counts towards this this is going to the end of june and in order to enter in to win the prizes you use the hashtag knit what you love kal and or and or the hashtag craft what you love kal on instagram or you can put it up on our um discussion thread on our ravelry group of between knits and pearls it's called knit what you love kal and the prizes are, yes, Jimmy, we're going to tell them what the prizes are. I have a Fox in the Snow mitten kit that comes with the pattern and three skeins of Patton's Croix sock uh, to knit the pattern with. It's a very beautiful pattern. I love it. I've also got a sweater kit. It's a wolf. It's The pattern is called Wolf River, and it does come with the yarn and the pattern to knit this. The yarn is cloud-born worsted in the charcoal colorway. And so I hope you guys enjoy knitting what you love and join into that. So let's get into some fun talk about what Jimmy, his daddy, and I have been up to in the last couple weeks. All right, so we're out on a walk with my son, Jimmy, and my dad, Mike. You want to say hi, Dad? Hi. <laughs> Um, it is a beautiful day here in Anchorage, but it is only 34 degrees. So Jimmy is wearing a hand-knit sweater, a hand-knit hat that I knit while I was in the hospital waiting for him to be born. Uh, he's got one of my shawls over the top of him and a blanket. And I think Grandpa is still nervous, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Yep. But Dad, you said you take how long of a walk every day? Well, I don't take one every day, but I try to do a mile and a half. Yeah. I can hear some crows. I saw my first bug of the year the other day. That, that made me excited because that told me it was actually spring. Finally. But So Dad, you're celebrating... I didn't ask you if I could ask you this before we started recording, but you and Mom are celebrating how many years of marriage? 51. And how does that feel? Does that make you feel old? <laughs> no. No? You're 51 year... No, you're 73. Yeah. 73 years young. You probably want to get out of the side, honey. Yeah, lots of, lots of dogs out this morning, so... Gotta get out of the way. My old blind dog does not like other dogs, but I can still see my breath, even in the sunshine and everything. Jimmy, you got your binky in your mouth. You want to say hi? No, that's keeping you occupied. <laughs> Are these doggies? Hi. Hello. <laughs> yep. But I'm just grateful that my dad is going for a walk with Jimmy and me. Gives us some company. 
but I'm going to try and finagle my dad and mom into an interview about being married 51 years. What's their secret and everything? Do you want to give any, the secret sauce away now? No. No, of course not. I Guys, I had to uh, twist his arm with love to get him just to say hi on the podcast today. So, but I got him on. Getting restless. What are you doing? <laughs> hey. Hey, you. <laughs> What's Grandpa doing to you? Hmm? Oh. Boo. <gasps> Boo. 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 You want to get out and walk, walk, huh? You don't want to be in your stroller. Boo. Yeah. We're almost home. Well, my friends, I'm out on a walk with my son. My dad just got picked up by my mom because uh, it was a little too much for him. Ah, uh, oh, you should take a picture of us, huh? With your phone or mine? <laughs> he says I'm blinded by the sun, Grandma. <laughs> we'll see you guys back at home. But I thought I would do my um, cabin talk now since I'm on the walk. And uh, we have a little time catching up. So... So, good morning. <laughs> so, the last few weeks have been pretty nice. Pretty darn nice, if I do say so myself. We had Jimmy's first Easter, which, you know, there's not much you can do at all for a 10-month-old for Easter, seeing as it's wrapped around uh, the whole uh, candy theme and everything like that, and egg hunting and everything. But we went to church with his grandparents, and then we had a family dinner over at my parents' house, and my sister made a nice big ham, my niece made homemade rolls. Um, <laughs> what was really funny was my sister's daughters decided that the roles should be reversed, and they should hide all of the candy, and the adults should do the candy egg hunt. And they did the whole nine yards. They they even had one egg that had, I don't know how much it was. Was it a dollar or something? Um, in it. But um, I was so preoccupied with something um, upstairs in my old room at my parents' house that I missed the whole thing. My husband was, I could hear them all downstairs. They were having a great time. <laughs> lots of laughter, lots of, lots of fun things going on. Yeah, Jimmy. And then, of course, we did the traditional egg games. I don't know if other families do this, but we do this. Where, you know, you those hand-painted boiled eggs that you had. Uh, you wanna, We do the spoon race. We do the, uh, the, the, the duel-off, you know, where you roll your eggs at each other. And whoever's cracks, they're out of the game. And whoever's left with 
a whole egg at the end wins the game. Um, we used to have prizes for that. I don't think we had prizes this last time, but it was it was just a really lovely time. But otherwise, I've just been at home doing some cleaning and taking care of Jimmy. My husband had a weekend getaway with his uh, guy friends. They went up to our friend's cabin out in the wilderness, which, just so you guys know, our friend's cabin is nicer than my house, which isn't saying much because, you know, but, the you know, we just have a tiny little house. Um, but our friend's cabin is luxury personified. Um, so he wasn't roughing it at all. But uh, they have a board game they play that... I don't remember what it's called, but they, they've been playing it online with each other since COVID started, and they finally felt comfortable enough to get together for a long weekend. Oops, you dropped your hat, mister, to play. And so I made them, Jimmy, if you're just going to throw your hat around, I'm going to take it away now, okay? So anyway, they... Um, they had a long weekend, and so I made them traditional Rice Krispie treats, and then I was supposed to make them scotcheroos, but in the midst of me making them, Jimmy woke up, and so I had mixed in the butterscotch and the marshmallows, um, but I hadn't mixed in the peanut butter yet, <laughs> and when I came back, I totally forgot that I hadn't done the peanut butter, and so... I just poured everything out and then I covered it in the melted chocolate. Apparently it was still very good. They still really enjoyed them. I didn't like it though. I think the peanut butter is what sets it apart for me. Um, and yes, Jim Bean. So Jimmy and I had a weekend all by ourselves and it was lovely for the most part, but I think Jimmy knew that his dad wasn't there. So he decided he didn't want to sleep A in his crib or B until well past midnight. Um, so Jimmy ended up sleeping in the bed with me and Watson. And I swear to you, my 10 month old son crowded me in our queen size bed so much I almost fell out of the bed. But he just wanted to burrow himself into me all the way. And so he wasn't giving me any space. But, uh, yeah, he's 10 months old. He'll be uh, 11 months old, uh, I think, Sunday. My, si my sister's birthday is Sunday, so we're having another birthday gathering. But, yeah, it's just been really low-key. Like, nothing big. I did a week where I did a no-buy week, and I was pretty darn successful. And I was going to do that again this week, but I underestimated things. I don't have enough meat. Jimmy. No, that's Mama's shawl. You are not throwing my shawl out of the stroller, okay? That is not happening, mister. Yeah. Oh, no, did I drop my... One of my... Did I drop one of my gloves? Oh, no. Oh, it's right here. Okay. <laughs> I just barely dropped it, but I did drop it. Uh, one of my hand-knit gloves. Even the... It's, you know, 34 degrees out, so... You can still see your breath, like I say in the intro... Um, clip and uh, my nose is running now and my hands would have been cold if I didn't have my gloves on and so can you hear the birds listen to all those birds 
But that's about it. But I'm really excited about today's episode because I'm interviewing a good friend of mine that I uh, became friends with through Instagram. And she's just been a font of wisdom and support and knowledge. And so I'm really excited. Um, We're going to do the on the couch and on the shelf as well as personal skill set all in one. So I won't be breaking them up into separate segments um, because we're going to talk about budgeting, cleaning hacks. um, And I have a couple questions for her that I'll wait to tell you about until I ask the questions. But I hope you guys enjoy the rest of the episode. Hello, Julie. Hi, Emily. How are you? I'm doing really, really well. How about you? Wonderful. I'm so excited we finally speak in quote-unquote person. (laughs) I know, I know. This is super exciting. Yes, very. And so I, my friends, I am joined by Julie. You might know her on Instagram as julie.catch.a.rabbit. Right? Did I get it right? Yeah. Yeah, you did. (laughs) (laughs) And um, a little bit ago in my first segment, I mentioned that Julie has become a very good friend via Instagram. I've been so blessed to have gotten connected with you and we've become friends. Mm -hmm. Your wisdom has just been, and support has just been amazing over the past few years. I love it so much. Well, I really enjoy interacting with you too. I, you know, when I kind of was responding to your post or whatever, I'm like, am I giving her too much information or like giving her too many suggestions? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, believe me. No, Um, I can use all the help I can get. There are some things that I'm pretty knowledgeable about. I, I will toot my horn and say that I am pretty knowledgeable about mental health concerns and how to be a counselor and about historical romance novels and things like that but <laughs> but when it comes to being a, especially a new mom oh boy your your wisdom has been very very much appreciated so i thank you for that <laughs> you are so welcome i've been doing this for a little bit <laughs> yeah yeah so well i'll go ahead and read the intro bio that we organized about you and then we'll get into some good knitting talk if that's okay Absolutely. All right. So guys, here's a little bit about Julie. So Julie is an earth loving tree hugging mama and wife. She and her husband, Jim, which I love because it's the same name as my son, Mm -hmm. um, communally live with their daughter, Lilac Rain, and soon to be son-in-law, Eli, on their small chunk of property in the Black Mountains, North Carolina, right? Yes. Okay. And Julia, no, sorry, Julie, I don't know where that came from, is a crocheter turned avid knitter who loves audio books, hiking the mountains and spending time with her family, going to see live music as well. So Julie admires the old time uh, ways of life, Appalachian mountain folk ways and looks to the past for solutions to navigate modern day living. I hope I, I read all that right, because once again, I forgot to put on my glasses and the words are blurring in front of my face. <laughs> you did excellent. Oh, good. I am so excited because there are so many questions I have about you. I'm, I'm fascinated with the Appalachian way of life. I 
when I was in my 20s, uh, oh my goodness, what was that book about the guy who walked the, um, he, he's a comedian and he walked the Appalachian trails and then he wrote a book about his experiences. Oh, I can't remember. Oh goodness. If I remember, I'll put it in the show notes, but um, it was my favorite book for all of my twenties. And I just daydreamed nonstop about selling everything I owned and going and hiking the entire trail, the AT I wanted to do that so bad. So yeah, we, we do segments of it. Um, just like day hikes. My husband and I are not overnight backpack hikers. We're day hikers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but so we do segments of it. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful trail. Yes. And I mean, notwithstanding the few, um, murder mysteries that I've watched (laughs) through (laughs) crime channels, those kind of scared me, but at the same time, it's, you know, it just seems to me like that, that, that being able to take that time for solitude and contemplation is, it's just so needful in this day and age. And you can see everybody, not everybody, that's too broad a term, but there's a huge movement toward reclaiming that, that's that more, uh, it's a harder way of living, but that it's simpler way of living disconnected from um, all of the technology and things that we have going on in this in this life today, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I so I'm an online teacher, and so I, I, you know, technology is super important for my job. And yeah. um, to unplug is, oh my gosh, it is vital to my daily life. Um, yeah. I have to get away from screens and such, and like. TV we have TV but like we don't have really any streaming services or anything like that like we subscribe to PBS um, passport and that's it like that's all we got yes I need to switch that because on my Amazon Prime I thought I was I was uh, subscribing to the PBS channel but I guess I'm just getting the masterpiece stuff and not all of the documentaries Mm -hmm. and while I like those masterpiece theater um programs I'm missing the documentaries man so yeah I have to fix that but I'm with you mm-hmm. yeah we we simplified um recently we we downgraded to one streaming service outside of Amazon Prime and mm-hmm. uh so we just have Hulu now which I'm not even sure it's worth even having Hulu at this point because I I maybe watch we watched the Golden Girls <laughs> about <laughs> it <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. But uh, if if you're ready, we could get into what my segment that I call on the couch, which is anything that we're currently working on as far as knitting or crocheting or crafting wise. Does that sound right? Yeah. So you have a spot on your couch as well. Yes, very much. Well, sort of. In this, uh, these days, Jimmy, I cannot have anything on my coffee table, on my bookshelves that I have behind my couch. <laughs> he just, he can grab everything. And so he, uh, he's been having a great time discovering every little place that uh, mommy puts her knitting or crocheting and just likes to tear the skeins apart. So I've been having an interesting time trying to figure out where to keep things <laughs> <laughs> in my tiny home. But um, I'm currently, I only have one thing on my hook, which is the Battenberg blanket. Oh, who is that by? I've forgotten her name. Paul, uh, Sandra Paul or of a Cherry Heart uh, YouTube channel. 
And uh, I talked about this a lot in my last episode about the um, trial and error of learning the the to knit the to crochet the squares. And I have successfully figured it out because I now have 42 squares done. I have knit I've crocheted. Golly Moses, it's hard to remember which I'm doing. Um, I've crocheted up the entire first skein, all of the um, Brava sport weight and, and nitpicks in the, mm-hmm. I think it's white. Is it just called white? Let me just double check. Color weight. Yep. Is just called white. Um, so I've, I've crocheted up an entire skein of that. And now I am crocheting. I've knit a crocheted three squares in the colorway seashell which is is pretty much like a corally pink colorway kind of, a little bit more orange than pink i would say on the on the coral scale but i'm excited about that and this friday i'm going back over to my parents house today is wednesday i'm going back over to my parents on friday because my mom has been enjoying watching me crochet these squares so much that she wants to learn how yeah. to do them even though I'm supposed to be crocheting the blanket for them. She wants to participate. So <laughs> there that you is go. awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. And I just have a goal of having this blanket done before my parents leave on the road trip down to the lower 48 in August. So I'm doing really well on that. I um, let's see. When I last podcasted, I had three squares and it's been two weeks and I now have 42. So I, I'm doing pretty good. So as long as I don't get burnt out. Um, yeah, I think that's impressive. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the only thing that my hand seems to let me do. I can crochet about three squares a day and then my hand will cramp up to the point that I, I can't do it anymore. Um, so uh, but I'm doing better with my hand. I've been doing some door jam stretches and um, I feel like the problem is honestly in my neck. It's not in my hand, I think, because with these door jam stretches, you're stretching out your shoulders and your neck area. And at my my and when I finish with them, my hands will feel really numb and I won't be able to lift my arms for like 30 seconds afterwards. But then like they feel normal after that. Like I'm like, I can, I can put my hands into fists and stuff and it, it doesn't, it's not incredibly painful. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. I'm hoping that I'm, I'm on the mend. So yeah, that sounds like great progress. That sounds really yes. good. But you've got something that's super exciting on the needle, something I've wanted to knit forever and have never, not even the baby size have I knit. Um, uh, the flats. Yeah, the flax sweater. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and uh, let's see. Um, what size are you knitting this? Um, I think it's a medium. It might be a large. I just know that once I see a parenthesis, it's the sixth number in. <laughs> so I know, right? And and with um, oh my goodness, I forgot their names. The people who created flax sweater. I'm knitting. Thank you. I've knit so many of their things, but they they have a lot of parentheses because they have sizes from baby to men's size. Is it 4XL? Yeah, it's there's it's it's crazy. Yeah. And now are you knitting this for you or for Lilac? Oh, okay. So (laughs) the yarn color is Lilac and um, Uh it was 
it, I had purchased it with the intention that this sweater was going to be solely mine. However, like everything I knit that is um, for a female and typically for me, my daughter will be like, oh, well, that's my, that those are my colors. Well, every color is her color. And, you know, her logic is, well, this, the yarn is lilac and I'm lilac. So obviously it's mine. So we will see um, who it ends up with. But I will tell you this. It doesn't really matter only because, like, she steals all my clothes anyways. Like, I, uh, yeah. 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 So. Well, now, here's the thing, though. You have to understand, Julie, that her, her reasoning is actually really sound in regards, <laughs> at least to this sweater. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, she knows how to knit. She doesn't ah. like it. I taught her when she was, like, seven or eight she can do it. And she's just like, all right, I learned how to do that. I can master the knit and pearl. All right. And just kind of threw it aside and it's make me everything. So, I I love it that she wants all my things, but I would like, you know, a new pair of socks or, you know, a sweater or something for myself. Well, you know, it, the motivation just isn't there because like you said, mom knows how to knit. So I don't, I don't really need to, right. Cause she can do exactly. it all for me. Exactly. I- I just wonder, like, if there's some way to motivate her. Like, uh, do you guys love spending time together, like, just talking and stuff? Yeah, um, we do. We're, we're, our family is really tight knit. We're super close. Um, And so we do. But she, she is, she, if I suggest it, Uh it's not happening. So for example, (laughs) before I became an online teacher, I was an in-person teacher and she went to middle school with me. And then she went to high school with my husband because he's also a teacher. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So he's also a teacher. Um, And she is a bookkeeper at the local middle school. And her fiance (laughs) is, works in the tech department at for the school district that she works in. Ah. So we're all like in the education field of some sort. So, um, so when I was, when she was in middle school, I didn't teach her, but you know, she was with me and there's only three grades in middle school. And so, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I was like, I'm a language arts teacher. So I, um, you know, would suggest books never, she would never pick up a book that I would like, you should read this. It's so good. Nope. But, her friends would read the books I would recommend and then they would tell her it's so good. You should read it. And then she would read it. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about on par. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> if I suggest something, it's not happening. <laughs> well, now how old is she now? She's 23 and still as stubborn. Yeah. Uh, 10 more years, I think. <laughs> well, in 10 more years, I'm going to give it a shot and then I'll, <laughs> Well, we'll still be talking. I'm confident we'll still be talking. So I'll let you know in 10 years. Well, I just have this image and I I, I feel like it's a perfect image. I don't even know if you have a front porch, but uh, of you and Lilac sitting on the front porch, knitting and talking and gabbing the whole evening away. Oh, you know, that would be great. Yeah, as the sun sets and the fireflies start to come. I'm, I'm, picture, I'm painting a whole picture here. So <laughs> Lilac, if you're listening to this episode, Get into the feel of it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize, listeners. I just hit my table. I don't know if that came across um, on the sound. But um, you have a pair of socks. It seems like you always have a pair of socks on the needles. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. I usually have a pair, if not two, at all times going. Now, this one's by Gray Owl Knits. Now, this woman, Gray Owl Knits. 
oh my gosh, she is like, she's plugged into what every, every knitter wants these days mm-hmm. as far as designs. Which one of her socks are you knitting right now? Is it the rose one or? No, I'm, knit, I'm knitting the dancing dragonfly socks. Oh, and I just mentioned dragonflies. There you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, you even have that written down. God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm with it. I'm with it. Um, so describe this one for us. Like what col- what yarn and colorway are you using? And uh, what's the kind of construction of the sock? Um, it's I'm using Chagu um, 2.0. 5 and 2.25 millimeter needles, um, 2.5 for the color work, 2.25 for non-color work. Mm. Um, the main color is by Kinetic Knitter. Um, I don't know that one. I purchased the yarn at my local yarn shop, and they have all kinds of different, um, well, not different, but like indie yarn dyers. And so Ooh. that's how I discovered kinetic knitter um i can't remember the colorway i don't have the tag in front of me um but it's kind of like a hot i want to say it's kind of like a hot pink fuchsia it was not oh what had happened was when i went yarn shopping i was with my friend tammy and she we i bought my first um spin cycle yarn and the spin cycle i got this and i was going to do a pattern with something so so is it is it with the spin cycle then or it is yep the dragonflies are in oh. spin cycle, so how I knit my socks I have two needles going at the same time so I knit the cuff of one and the cuff mm-hmm. of the other and then mm-hmm. the leg of one and the leg of the other, mm-hmm. or the chart of one the chart of the other so um I had to divide all the skeins, and so one oh, yeah. dragonfly is blue, for spin cycle and one dragonfly is orange <laughs> or not orange I'm green, so. <laughs> Hey, still though it the 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 overall theme and colorways uh, will still very much uh, go together. And mm. I'm sorry, but these are very luxurious socks, and nobody but you is getting these ones. That I'm I'm putting my foot down on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think so too. Like spin cycle, that's you know. Yeah. Save that one for me. All right, and you have one more thing on the needles. Yeah, I am knitting. Um, the Bubble Socks by Sharon Irwine. And the yarn I'm using is so beautiful. It is Ryan. Yeah, it's Ryan Yarn. Um, He's an independent dyer out of Athens, Georgia, I believe. And um, Mm -hmm. it's called Sea Castle. It's got blues and greens and pinks. And it's not quite variegated, but... Uh Um, but it's not speckled. I don't know what the word is. Um, it's just gorgeous. It's, um, the socks are really interesting because it's kind of like you're doing a bobble, but then the way she has it on there, it's, um, how would you explain that? It, um, it, it looks a a lot like, um, waves. (laughs) I don't know how to explain it. otherwise. I thought they looked like big circles. Okay, Big Circles is a really good one, too. Oh, there's a really fun Halloween project version of it on here. Now, do you have anything, um, what I term on the shelf are things that are done and dusted. Do you have anything you want to share? You mean project-wise? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, my family, we're from 
we're the from originally from Detroit, Michigan. Mm. And so we're huge Lions fans because we're suckers for punishment is basically <laughs> it. And um, we know, we know how terrible we are. Like you get that. So, um, but the spirit's met, there, huh? <laughs> but the spirit is there. It is. It is. So <laughs> I met my husband, um, a lion's themed hat. So it was from, um, I can't pronounce the name correct. I think it's Biscott or Biscotti yarn. Yeah. Yeah. I never know yarn. how they say it either, but yeah, that's beautiful yarn too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they have a lo- Detroit lion's colorway that self stripes. Hmm. So I knit him a hat and he was like, you should knit us all hats. So I did. And then I also knit a pair of lion's yarn socks for my dad. So I knit one, two, five. I knit five projects in that stupid Honolulu blue. And (laughs) I'm done with that. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. Oh, and before those five, I take that back. I knit six projects because I also, my husband also has a friend in um, Detroit who was, um, or is, I'm sorry, battling cancer. And he asked me to make him a pair of socks as well. So I knit six. Oh, things. that's so wonderful. Before we begin our next segment, I just wanted to pre-apologize. We had to break up our interview as Jimmy had woken up from his nap and I had to go get him and feed him and then we started the interview again and Jimmy makes quite a lot of appearances throughout the the rest of the episode so and I unfortunately I have to keep running away from the microphone to catch him doing something so the audio on my part is a little funny and I did try to um, edit out as much as I could of those spots where it was you know not great quality (laughs) but there is that to contend with but it's really great information coming up and I also wanted to put down that I uh, listed on the show notes for Between Knits and Pearls all of the cleaning solution recipes that we talked about here please do not take them as gospel but make sure and do your due diligence before you use the products uh, or recipes that we talk about in this next segment. Make sure that it's right for you, that it is healthy for you to use, and that it's safe for you and your health needs for you to use. So enjoy. The rest of our conversation is going to be uh, for my segment, personal skill set. And one of the things that Julie has been really helpful on um, with me has been budgeting ideas you've given me some cleaning uh tips uh because i'm trying to well be more economical with cleaning but also um i don't know i got i got really scared of all the fumes that the store-bought cleaning um cleaning supplies especially for the bathroom were creating like it made me nervous just to even have that the fumes in the house let alone like clean the tub and then put my baby in the tub with the fumes still in the air kind of kind of a thing Mm -hmm. so you've been really helpful with that um and a couple other friends have been helpful too one of our friends couldn't join us today um that had some ideas but I tried to write down some of her ideas that she had too but anyway so I just thought we would get into that discussion uh so Let's let's talk first about cleaning talk since I kind of introduced that. Um, 
you wrote down that one of your favorite things to you is vin- uh, it, for a cleaning solution is vinegar, water, and essential oil of peppermint. Is that right? Yeah. So um, it's a quarter cup, or I make it in a stew. He wants to join in the combo. <laughs> Did he say Julie? Did I hear him say Julie? It could be. He got. He was going lo lo lo. He he does that. He's been saying a whole bunch of things that almost sound like uh, actual words recently. Like last night, um, he wasn't letting me feed him dinner, and his dad came home right in the middle of me feeding him dinner. And I just said, "Do you just want your dad to feed you?" And I swear to you, he just said, "Yep." (laughs) And so. I got out of the way and he finished dinner with daddy and it worked. Oh, that <laughs> is awesome. Jimmy, you can't grab the phone, sweetheart. You're going to turn it off and I'm recording. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So anyway, so what were you saying, Julie, about, uh, about your recipe? So I make it in a two cup measuring cup, like one of those Pyrex glass ones. And I yeah. use um, half a cup of vinegar and then fill the rest of the um, cup rest of the two cup measuring cup up with water and um then if i'm and i use that on everything i use that on my glass on my mirrors um right i use that at and and on the floor for floor cleaner Um, oh i haven't done that yet oh yeah i use it on the floor um so on the glass cleaner and the floor I have like two separate bottles I don't put any essential oils in it because I don't want it to streak and I'm not sure about the whole floor thing what it would do to the yeah yeah and glass yeah definitely right um but then for like countertops and I use it to on my shower like a after shower spray and sinks and in the toilet I add peppermint essential oil and I know there's a big controversy going on right now about essential oils and Oh, really? Um, oh, yeah. Um, you know, some people think that they're too toxic and that people are going to get hurt. Huh. And, um, you know, with the MLM companies really pushing them and t- talking about ingesting them, uh-huh. you know, they some people feel they're just too potent and too toxic. I don't ingest it. And, um, you know... I have family members that ingest it like one or two drops when they're not feeling good, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I, I, I'm too scared to do that. And right. I don't trust that I'm buying good enough quality essential oils to do that. Exactly. I have, I have a kit from young living that uh, my mentor from my master's program gave me. Um, but you know, it's like six years old because it's, it, it was a graduation gift and <laughs> I don't know if it's still good. So I, I'm like, but I'll still use it for the cleaning stuff. And sure. Everything. And that's but, what I think, too. I mean, you know, you use caution. So I don't even, I mean, I just put a few dropperfuls. Um, you know, they say like 10 to 15 um, drops <clears throat> per soever much water or liquid or carrier, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, I just do it till it smells okay. Just because the vinegar, if you are not used to cleaning with vinegar and water, Oh my goodness! It could really like. And my daughter doesn't like it. She she much rather me add the peppermint oil to it to dilute the vinegar smell. The smell, but I love the smell. I because here's what I use the vinegar for. My main thing is I put 
a cap full, which will probably equal half a cup, I think, into every load of laundry. But a spe I, I double it for my towels because I always feel like my towels, before I started doing this, my towels smelled musty. Mm -hmm. But um, I think I was just reading one day that it's a natural fabric softener mm -hmm. and it also kills the germs and everything. And so I do that. That's my favorite thing to use vinegar for. And so Ooh, we're used to the smell because... I don't know if you've done it in your laundry, but for me, it the vinegar smell, once the hot water from the laundry hits it, it's everywhere in the house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but I'm okay with that because then I feel like I'm getting the whole house clean, like it's cleaning uh, the air. Right. You know? I don't mind the smell of the vinegar either. So, um, but it is like the peppermint oil does add a nice little smell in the shower, you know, in the small enclosed spaces. But also, did I... Am I uh, totally going off cuff here? But I, I feel like I read or heard somewhere, a gospel according to Emily at this point, because I don't know, um, that peppermint oil is also supposed to disinfect things. Is that not right? I believe I believe it is. Um, tea tree oil is another good one. Ooh, I'm sorry for the noise of that. Um, tea tree oil. Okay. A lot of noise right now. So <laughs> you're good. Um, tea tree oil is another good one. Antiseptic. And then, of course, you know, the citrus oil. So like lemon or lime. Or That's orange. right. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually got a whole bunch of lemons. Uh, sorry, I just turned my head. So that might have sounded funny. Um I got a whole bunch of lemons really cheap, cheaply last week, and I can't remember the recipe, but I swear it was just you dice up lemons and you pour vinegar over the top, mm -hmm. and it's supposed and and then you let it sit for I don't know how many weeks. I think it's two. I think okay. I, I had seen something similar with um, mandarin orange peels. Really. Mm hmm. Yep, where you put it in a jar, a mason jar, and cover it with vinegar and let it sit. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if cuties would do the same thing. Cuties, mm -hmm. that's yeah. that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, but there are so many things out there to use, and most of them, the base is vinegar. And I've never really looked into how vinegar is made or, um. Why? Because I know it occurs naturally in nature. Am I right? I'm going to check right now. Okay. Because I am a Google queen. <laughs> yeah. I would Google, but I'm afraid I, if I get off the app that we're recording on, that I will lose you to if I try and Google it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so vinegar. I guess you can make it at home by fermenting alcohol with acetate and bacteria where would you get yeah. the bacteria grow it in your shower <laughs> <laughs> right um so let's see it if you start right at the beginning sugar is turned into alcohol and then it's trans which is transformed into vinegar not a complete process and it does take time interesting so it's kind of as if it's almost as if you can create it like, like sourdough starter you can yep Something like that. And it says you use, if you want to make it, you can use um, 750 milliliters of good quality, interesting wine, such yeah. as Riesling, Muscat, and or Chardonnay, Oaky Chardonnay. 
And then you need 180 milliliters of live white wine or apple cider. Well, it just says apple cider vinegar. So how is that created? I don't know. I was going to say, (laughs) you're you're just adding vinegar. Well, but then again, I guess with sourdough starter, it's best to start with somebody else's, a a piece of somebody else's starter, I guess, if you can. I mean, I know people who have done it totally from scratch, but I certainly have never been successful at it. I have not tried it yet. But you know what I find interesting? Okay, so I'm I'm really not good with alcohol, understanding of alcohol, but my limited knowledge of alcohol and from the list that you read, isn't a Riesling a sweet wine, but a Chardonnay a dry wine? Yeah, I believe so. I believe that is correct. I'm... That's interesting that you can make vinegar from both a sweet and a dry because they're completely opposite i guess it's just the alcohol content that has mm-hmm. to be the main component but fermented grapes yes like and, to the bacteria which of course you know i've got grapes in the house but i think i've heard of some no actually i'm not i'm not gonna speak out of turn there was something about somebody's homemade beer turning into vinegar but i don't know that that was a true story so oh no um, there was something on that article about beer i just Okay. Through it. yeah okay so, so see guys there's you can i mean if you're if you have some if you have a bottle of alcohol that you have had open uh, like a bottle of white wine that you've had open in your fridge for over a month and you don't want to drink it anymore with very little effort it sounds like to me you can just make it into your homemade vinegar mm-hmm. so there's other things too like uh i put a video up on instagram again with vinegar but this time with mixing equal parts vinegar and warmed vinegar and Dawn dish soap. And I didn't do the recipe correctly. I didn't use enough Dawn dish soap because if I had, apparently I wouldn't have been able to use my spray bottle. Um, but to clean like the grout and stuff in my, um, in my shower but also the lady who gave me the recipe told me that it was really good on degreasing your stove um so i've used it so far only on my shower since i've moved in that shower has been the bane of my existence it was the 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 grout was black when i moved in i've got it now down to mostly a dull gray which i believe it was it's supposed to be white um but no matter how much I scrubbed, I couldn't get I couldn't get any better. And then this lady gave me this recipe, and I'm telling you, like the soap scum melted off of the shower, and I left it to to kind of soak in. I I left the solution on to soak for about five minutes, and she said that she usually leaves it for half an hour, and it works even better if you do that. And so uh, this weekend I get to clean my shower again, and I'm gonna do I'm gonna do that same thing. This time with a half an hour waiting time, I can't wait to see how how much come how much grime comes off with that. <laughs> but um, but when you think about that, because you can buy a bottle of Dawn dish soap for up here in Alaska about three twenty eight. I'm gonna I'm just gonna conjecture here three twenty eight, okay. and then uh, one of the big gallons of vinegar is about the same. So when you say that you're going to use a half a cup of each, less than a dollar, you can get enough cleaning solution to clean your house for a month. Right. 
I mean, how is that not budget friendly? And honestly, it makes you feel a whole lot better about things. Yeah, there's not the smell. There, you know that the chemicals, mm-hmm. yeah, they're going to get rinsed away, whatever's in the dawn. Um, yeah. I would, I would suggest, because there I go with my suggestions. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, when, after you spray it on and let it sit, Mm-hmm. I, I noticed on your video, because I did see your video, oh, um, yeah. that you have that scrub brush, like with a handle. Yes, that one. I didn't use that one that time. Um, oh, wait, no, I did. did. I did. Yeah. Did. Yeah. Yeah. I would take that and wet it down and like dip it in some baking soda or get it like slathered up on some baking soda uh-huh. and then go to town on that solution after it's already been sitting there for a half hour. And I bet you're going to be amazed because that baking, because baking soda, that's, that's the other thing that I use all the time in my home mm-hmm. and that takes off like baked on salmon skin on a cookie sheet or it takes off, um, excuse me, it takes off, um, like all kinds of grime baked on food. I use it on my glass top stove when like, you know, oh, really? Um, and it doesn't oh, scratch yeah. it? No. Oh, you know, well, the stuff that they sell to clean a glass top stove is so full of chemicals. I don't want that anywhere near my food. Yeah, absolutely. No. And it smells bad. It's the same thing that we've been talking about. And Mm -hmm. um, my stove, we we just don't eat out very often. We cook Mm -hmm. a lot at home. So my stove, does it look like it's been used? Yeah. Do I use it a lot? Yeah. So. I don't mind if it has some like things on it. So I don't know if it's from the baking soda and vinegar that I spray on it and, you know, wipe yeah. like when I get baked on food or if it's just the everyday use, because like I said, we use our stove all the time. So yeah, I really don't mind. I mean, things are not meant to stay pristine forever and you have to use them. Exactly. But here's the question, because I have been wanting to clean my oven for a long mm-hmm. time, but um, I don't want to use the, I don't even know that I have a self-cleaning function. Oh, I do. It's, it says right there, self-clean. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was saying something about gas stoves and not that not being a good thing with my son in the house. I think maybe it had something to do with how long I needed and how high the temperature had to get that maybe the gas the gas would leak a little too much into the air and that wouldn't be safe i think that's what he was saying but do you, do you use the same solution to do the oven or i have not used it on the oven um well i take that back i kind of have so i have the self cleaning oven as well but you, as you know it doesn't always get everything everything out so right. i had gone in behind it and used it on my previous oven um we moved to black mountain about three years ago so i've only cleaned my new oven once (laughs) (laughs) you know whatever um it's not that gross inside i mean maybe it is i'm gonna just be just i'm just a messy chef that's my problem (laughs) so um but on my previous oven i did i used it on the inside because i've been using this stuff for years Okay. On my uh, stove, I when there's baked on food, 
I will spray it down with the vinegar and wipe it down and try to get as clean as I can. And then, of course, there's stuff left over. So I'll spray the vinegar. I'll put baking soda on top of it and spray it some more with vinegar and let it sit and it'll bubble. And it's so fun. And then okay. I scrub it down. And then sometimes you need more grit. Uh-huh. So then I'll use um, a cloth and just dip it, like get it a little wet and dip it in some um, baking soda, like for more grit because it's not quite diluted then. And mm. the baking soda is really the scrubbing powder power. Okay, and I, and I use baking soda and vinegar like to clean all my fruits and vegetables. Um, oh, I've never done that. Oh, do you want to talk about gross? So get yourself some yeah. strawberries. Okay, and put them in a bowl, uh-huh. and sp- uh, sprinkle a bunch of vinegar or a bunch of baking soda on there. It doesn't really. You don't have to measure it. Just sprinkle a lot, mm-hmm. and then dump some vinegar on there. Not a whole bunch, but I just kind of dump some, and then I fill the rest of the bowl up with water. Okay. And I let them sit for about five minutes, five to 10 minutes. Um, if you go a little bit longer, what happens is, is if they're bruised, those bruises really come out. Um, and I think it's because of the cleaning, like the solution or whatever. Mm-hmm. But anyways, take them out of the bowl, like scoop them out with your hand and put them in a colander to rinse them off and look okay. at what's in the bowl left over. And oh, now, you got scared. now you got mm-hmm. me scared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So... Oh. I clean so many years ago. I want to say, like as long maybe twenty two years ago. Like I think that's when Fit came out, and it's like a fruit and vegetable spray. And they, you know, right. I remember. Mm-hmm. I think I even bought a bottle of it back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I did some research, and I'm like, I am not. I'll just put vinegar and baking soda, and like baking soda will take all the dirt off potatoes, like run them underwater, put some baking soda on, rub them down really well. It takes all the dirt off the potatoes, or you can soak them and make it a little bit easier mm-hmm. and rub them afterwards. Um, all my fruits and vegetables I clean with um, just baking soda or soaking them in baking soda and vinegar. Interesting. And then especially especially with the strawberries, because to me, strawberries seem very porous and absorbent. I don't know if that's even a thing, but they just mm-hmm. seem that way to me. But they don't taste funny or anything after you do that? Nope. And my daughter is the pickiest eater in the entire world. Okay. And absolutely not. Mm-mm. I wouldn't soak them for like a half hour or anything no. like that. Um, but so I just usually minutes. do about five, about five to ten minutes, depending if I walk away and I forget. And I'm like, oh, it's seven minutes. It's not a big deal. So would you do that with with apples, pears, celery? Would you do yep. that with anything? I do that with app. So the soak, like the apples and pears, I typically don't soak. I just run them underwater and use baking soda and scrub them down and then mm-hmm. rinse them off. Okay. Um, celery, same thing. Um, the soaking, I usually do um, potatoes if it, if I have time and it makes it easier. Um, strawberries, blueberries. Yeah. Um, Oh, that'd be really interesting if I did it with the blueberries that we picked this fall. Mm-hmm. See how much comes out. It's so, it's, it's. So, um, what was the one last? Oh, I was just going to mention, I don't know about if everybody still gets these um, penny savers and things like that. Newspapers in the, um, in the, in the uh, mail, but we still do. And I save those. To, and then I use vinegar with newspaper. I try to only use the black and white newspapers, but if there's a little color ink on it, I don't mind. And I clean my windows with that. Um, oh, yeah. And 
And I feel like that gets a way cleaner and I never have any streaks, especially if it does, if it's only black ink newspaper, no streaks. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. I've heard that another, before. Yeah. And another thing I use, um, I save any egg cartons we get and I make them into fire starters. Have you done that? I have not. So one of the things that we have a, pleth- a plethora of or a plentitude of is dryer lint everybody has it mm-hmm. and um so i um i save my dryer lint in a bag and then i save my egg cartons and then if i if i use any of the melting wax at any point in, in my house or if i um, burn a candle in my house uh, uh i i put the lint into the egg carton container so just in one of the little cups and mm-hmm. then I pour a little bit of the wax over the top so that it keeps everything together. And it makes the best fire starters in the world. Nice. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so if you do this, I would suggest putting the fire starters into an airtight container afterwards so you don't attract mice in that way. Gotcha. Um, but those are some of my favorite. Oh, I also do that with. Um, used up toilet paper holders uh, or whatever they're called toilet paper rolls Mm -hmm. I do the same same thing Um, I I usually use those when we're out camping because especially if your firewood gets wet you need a little extra energy and uh, the the toilet paper rolls uh, can carry a lot more uh, lint and wax and so they work better so I do that but I mean so there's, you can use up and reuse so much in your house. Yeah. Um, you could do the same thing if you didn't have lint, which I can't imagine anybody in this world not having it. Um, you could do the same thing with old scraps of your knitting, uh, of yarn. Right. Uh, as, long as, it's not a, as long as it's not acrylic. If it's 100% wool, you could do the same thing. Right. So, well, I, I noticed you were doing the um, candles out of the baby food jars. Yes. Super smart. Yes. And I need to do that. My problem has been I'm too scared to make a big batch of candles because I'm, I, I was, I was going to do that to sell, but I'm too scared to do a big batch of candles with Jimmy napping because he could wake up at any time, as you guys all saw, because he interrupted my interview with Julie here. Um, and so and I also feel bad asking my parents to like babysit him for a day so I can make candles. Yeah. So I'm telling you guys, I've probably got well over 150 jars that are just being waiting to use into, uh, in, into, into candles. Uh, but, but our personal stash is all used up that I've made. My husband loves them. He, and uh, there's another use for essential oils. I just mm-hmm. use those essential oils I got from my, Mentor, I've been using those in the candles, and it makes the house smell amazing. I bet. I bet. Yeah. Okay, so there is something that you put on our brainstorming list that I really want to talk about. Um, and, guys, I will put a list. I probably won't have the entire recipes of everything we've talked about today on the show notes on uh, uh, betweenknitsandpearls.com, but I will have, um, like, Julie's and mine, our brainstorming list um, put up there so you can read those. But 
your paperless paper towels. Are those the cloth paper towels? So I got them at Walmart. Um, Oh, I follow someone on Instagram who is a homesteader and um, she works at Walmart and, and I asked her what about paper towels? And she told me she didn't buy them and she got them at Mm -hmm. Walmart and they're in the mainstay. They're the mainstay brand and you get them in Mm -hmm. near the um, napkins Mm -hmm. and placemats and you get them in a pack of five or 10 and they're just cotton. They're called flower sack cloths and they're rather large and they're super absorbent and I use them for everything. So we use them for napkins. Now I keep the ones for napkins separate. Um, Okay. I'm going to probably, my daughter's really into tie dye. So um, I'm probably going to have her tie dye the napkin ones. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, But Mm -hmm. I use them for all the cleaning, everything. And then I just have a basket um near my kitchen and like when I wipe something up off the floor like I spray the floor and wipe it up like if I dribble something and then I just throw it in the basket or if it gets too wet from wiping down the counter throw it in the basket and I do I mean like I do laundry a lot um Mm -hmm. but environmentally speaking even with the washing machine it's not only saving me time it's also helping the environment so yeah be, because, uh, you know, I was thinking about this a couple days, no, probably a couple weeks ago now. I think there was a day or two where I was vigorously cleaning and purging of some things in my kitchen. And my husband was taking out a bag of trash every day for like three or four days. And I felt so guilty because it wasn't just, you know, spoiled foods he was taking out. But I was using paper towels to clean up easy mm-hmm. messes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was cleaning out the fridge. And so I, and I sometimes use paper towels to, you know, wipe down uh, that. Or I use those, oh, crap, what's those called? Those, um, those antibacterial wipes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel bad using those too. I wonder if we could make some kind of antibacterial wipes using that solution you just talked about, uh, that those, uh, those uh, so-called paper towels. Yeah. I'll have to dig through my things and look, but I remember that um, we did not use cloth diapers on my, um, mm-hmm. I wanted to, but I did too. We, we were both in school like at the time. Um, and so it just wasn't going to happen. But I had a friend with the cloth diaper suggestion. She taught me or told me how to make my own baby wipes. And so I'm assuming it would be the same process. But I don't have that off the top of my head because, you know, it's been a bazillion years. Um, there's, there, there was a lady who lived in London that I was following for a while. And she went on this campaign where she just decided she wasn't going to buy any um, products at her grocery store that came prepackaged. And I, and at the time I was single and um, I had extra money, you know, cause I was making good money and um, it was fine for me to try this out. It's not, it's not something that a person on a budget can do because every, uh, I, I feel like everything is overly packaged 
mm-hmm. specifically for the people on a budget, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. the cheaper something is, the more packaging is involved. Yep. And I am really confused as to why that is. Um, but it does, uh, it, it does make, I'm, I'm looking right now at Jimmy's basket of food that I have on a shelf and, and there is, um, paper covering because uh, he's transitioned from the new the glass jars now into the older baby food jar baby food things but there's paper container a plastic container uh, with a plastic film on the top that you have to peel off so there's mm-hmm. three things uh, that are disposable and bad for my environment within one feeding and it's it's ridiculous how much is uh, things are overpackaged, but of course, um, other places are probably not like Alaska, where um, you actually get charged. I think we looked into it. I think it was like one hundred and twenty dollars a month in order for us to do recycling. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> there's a whole thing about <laughs> there's a whole thing about recycling, um, right? Where people so... think that it's not really happening, too, right? Well, it's not. So, so China used to purchase our, um, plastic from us and that no longer happens. And so, um, so to like not get into the whole, whatever, I know for a fact that where I'm living, none of it gets recycled. In fact, I went out to the dump, uh, to the garbage when the garbage man was here and he had one truck and I'm like, Hey, Oh, does your truck have, you know, cause sometimes they have like the recycling and the garbage like in separate. Oh, I was I like, Oh that. yeah. I said, Oh, does your truck have the two compartments? He's like, no. And I was like, but that's recycling. He's like, they don't recycle. That is, a, that is a lie. And I go, what? I go, I pay for that service. And he goes, I know, isn't it a scam? And oh. I was just like, because he was, he was, he was leaving and I didn't know he was leaving. And he's like, I know, isn't it a scam? And I'm like, he goes, this is all going to the dump. They all go to the dump. He goes, even if the recycling truck came up here, that goes to the dump. Like the dude Whoa. straight up told me. And I, he goes, call them and ask them and let what? me know what they say. And of course I did. And the woman was like, oh no, we recycle. Well, that's not what I'm told. And this is what happened. Well, we'll make sure a recycling truck comes up to your house. Never did. Same type, same truck came up. <laughs> Duder was on job for like, two more weeks and then he was gone so um yeah i it's i think the number is like only five percent of what we put in our recycling bins actually gets recycled see and 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 we wonder why we have trash islands right well we're using up our resources so quickly right and then plastic for example plastic no plastic yes can be recycled not all plastic but some plastic but here's the thing even if you recycle it eventually it's not recyclable anymore and you still have plastic Mm -hmm. so every piece of plastic ever created is still on this earth period yeah yeah so think about the mcdonald's toys when we were kids those are garbage think about like just any kind of plastic wrap that we throw out that's that's Mm -hmm. in the garbage like Mm -hmm. every single piece of plastic all those little um tabs on like milk containers every single piece of plastic 
is still on this earth and can every bottle of soda yep you know yeah even if they've recycled it so many times and they can't use it you still have a unusable piece of plastic left over mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter it does like you know we just need to get away from plastic in general but that, sorry okay. i'm off my soapbox well but the, but glass you can recycle uh, um uh, as far as i've been aware but what mm-hmm. the research i've done is that when you use when you recycle glass and you you crush it and then melt it back in to make new glass mm-hmm. you can do that over and over and over again there is no end life cycle to that product exactly the quality but, i think degrades a little bit i i can't remember if that's correct um but but the problem with gla- well so the problem with glass is that then we have weight and then there's the shipping and so it yeah. takes more gas and fuel to ship those things across you know what i mean yeah so um, it's it's kind of like a a, a lose lose situation even if you're trying to improve improve well, that's where like you know the glass things that you have in your home like so your jars and you're making candles well you can make candles indefinitely but you can't always use all the glass jars so then Mm -hmm. um what we do and we live in a tiny tinier home as well like small um well done (laughs) (laughs) yeah we doubt when we moved out to the mountains we downsized um by more than like half our old house nice so, like uh, it, it, it's way tinier um but we love it and it's so much easier to keep clean it really uh, is yeah but so the jars that you have so if you have a really nice pickle jar and it's got a wide mouth well mm-hmm. you can use that to store leftovers in in your in your refrigerator mm-hmm. all those spaghetti jars mm-hmm. um uh that uh, you can reuse for i mean even if you feel like it's going to make other things taste funny uh the i'm i'm just going off my head here because vinegar is an acid tomatoes mm-hmm. are an acid it'd be a great container to make your solutions in for heaven's sake absolutely um but as many jars as you can save and of course we can't save all the jars right like- <laughs> right and and the other thing is trying to use things up to the very end so um, so our situation, we pretty much run through our savings. And so now, um, I do have to augment every couple of weeks. I need to go to the food bank. And so I went to the food bank this last week and I got so much fresh produce and a whole nice. gallon of milk, but everything was one day past what it's the packaging mm-hmm. said was the use date. So for the milk, I gave the milk to my mom so she could use her instant pot to to make yogurt, and it came out great. Nice. Um, I got a huge bushel of mushrooms that I was going to jar, but then I realized I didn't have all the spices and everything, um, and so instead I just I dried all of the mushrooms, mm-hmm. um, and I put them put that into one of my jars. Oh my gosh, guys! Drying mushrooms. I had this huge bushel of <laughs> mushrooms. And I've got one jar of dried mushrooms from all of that. And I used every single one. Even if they looked mushy, I still used them. Because in my head, I was like, oh, mushrooms can get mushy mushy because they've got so much water content. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I got a huge thing of 
grape tomatoes, which I, I was trying to see if I could make tomato sauce out of. I was reading that it wasn't the greatest thing to make tomato sauce, but it was a really good thing to make tomato juice out of. And so my mom has a juicer. So we ended uh, and these, you know how tomatoes, they, the, the tip top get, goes black when it starts to go bad. Mm-hmm. So it's still usable, but um, you know, probably won't taste the greatest. So we ended up just juicing them. And um, Jimmy, my, myself and my parents have been enjoying v- homemade V8 juice this entire week. Nice. And we saved all the compost from that. And my mom's going to put that on her garden when she starts gardening. So we used it up to the nth degree, you know. And I think that's what I want to encourage people to start thinking about. Like, how can we extend the life or, or reuse something that might be in our fridge or um, in our house that that uh, can extend its life or uh, make it into a, something else that is useful. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the baby food jars, I'm finding so many uses for uses for um, I'm using like four of them to hold different stitch markers. I reorganized my stitch markers. Maybe I should take a picture of that and show you. And, and they're all in baby food jars. Um, all the cream rinse that I couldn't get out of my stinking bottles, but I didn't want to throw away my bottles until I used it up because cream rinse. Oh, sorry. What do they call it? Conditioner. So, um, by the way, I call, I call it cream rinse too. So Okay. I was like, I don't know. Because it's not an Alaska thing <laughs> to call it cream rinse. Um, but that's just how I grew up calling it. Um, and people have always looked at me a little funny for saying that. Um, but the cream rinse, uh, I, I cut open the bottles. I dug out all of the dregs. And mm-hmm. I combined it all into one of my baby food jars. And I've got a whole nother huge uh, um, container full now of cream rinse that... I otherwise would have thrown away <laughs> exactly yep. and not gotten the money out of. I mean, now this is going a little far, but in this day and age, I don't know about you, but I can't find coupons anymore. They're not really coming mm-hmm. in the mail except for things like get $200 off getting new windows, those kinds of things. I'm like, I'm not getting yeah. new windows. I don't need those. What I need is coupons for Mayo and, and for milk. Um, but the only way that I'm finding coupons these days are digital coupons done through the actual grocery stores. So up here we've got what we call Car Safeway because it Cars was a was an independent grocery store up here, and then they got bought out by Safeway when the Cars family retired. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we call it Car Safeway. Then we have Fred Myers, which I think in some parts of the country it's called something else. It's just called Myers. Okay. Oh, wait, wait. Well, we have in the north, they have Meyer and they do have Kroger. Kroger. And then there's Fred Meyer in the north, uh, northwest slash Alaska. Okay. Um, And then we have Walmart. And that's it. That's what we got up here. So, and each of those guys have their own apps. They have their own. Actually, I don't know that Walmart has coupons. I've never really found coupons Mm -mm. on Walmart. Yeah. Um, But um, I like I make a point of only uh, of trying really to only buy things that I can get coupons for. So right now in my freezer, it's chock full of rolls of uh, Jimmy Dean's sausage because it was 60% off coupons. And, but you could only buy one a day. 
So I went once a day and I had my mom go once a day nice. for a whole week and I got 10 rolls. <laughs> 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 but I saved about 30, 30 or $40 doing that, you know. Let me ask uh, you this. Do you have, and you might not know, you mm-hmm. might have to look on the app. There's this new thing coming out called flash food. Have you heard of it? No. Uh-uh. Okay. So my mom is addicted to flash food. She lives in Michigan and mm-hmm. basically it's an app and you, it's at all grocery stores or, or not all grocery stores. It's at grocery stores up North mm-hmm. um, and we don't have any down here. I'm waiting for it to get here. But okay. um, basically you look on the app and it'll have like, it might have like, she got lamb chops for like um, six of them for like $4 or like a box of, she might get a box of uh, 20 cucumbers and two peppers for $3 or you get a box of like apples and oranges and you know, whatever for, you know, $5, whatever. And it's all kinds of meat and all kinds of produce. And you pick what you want. Like it tells you and then it tells you where to go, what store to pick it up at. Hmm. And sometimes it's overstock and sometimes it's stuff that's going to expire, but it's not expired yet. And you just go to the front of the store and they've got these big, huge, um, the way she describes it are like, you know, freezers or cabinets or refrigerating mm-hmm. section. And it's got her order on it. And you take that order and you go to the cash register and you pay and you're done. Oh. Um, and so she goes to like, I don't know, four different, four different, four, five different places a day, just running around picking up her flash food order. Yeah. Right now she's kind of, her freezers are stocked. She's got two chest freezers and then two um two refrigerator freezers like one in her um kitchen and then one in her um garage garage. yes thank you i don't understand why because it's just her and her person and my niece (laughs) so i have no idea why she has like a bazillion things like this but (laughs) when the apocalypse um, comes though you'll understand right i guess i guess (laughs) But so she's just like, this is like her hobby now is to do this flash food. And I think it's just a really great way to reduce waste. Now, people have stolen her flash food orders before she's gotten there. And so when she goes and it's gone, they just go like if it's lamb chops, they'll Uh just go to the back of the, you know, to the meat department and get her however many lamb chops she ordered and put them in her box. And like, here you go. Wow. See that's that's a good egg there. The 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 employees doing that because I can see some people being just like, yeah, it's gone. But that it would, that would be a really great thing. And um and just so you know, that's how. Uh, so, uh, so for the past couple of years, I worked for an organization that we we have a food pantry for. But that's generally how things have how we get food to people who need it. Is the stores will donate things that are right at expiration or the next day and that that also makes me a little sad though too because i i think to myself like right now i'm in that situation where i need that little extra help um and but the problem is is you're giving me a lot of great food uh it's either the packages are either damaged or they're right at the expiration date the damaged food i can more easily deal with but you really have to be creative with the uh, soon uh, the expired or the soon to be expired stuff 
And if you don't have the uh, resources like I have, like, um, you know, family members that have all these fancy gadgets and things, um, you might not be able to use those things up and then you're still going hungry. Right. <laughs> That's what I find frustrating about these things. So uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a cycle that I, I, I really struggle with, but at the same time, I am re- ridiculously grateful for these services now. And I've been very conscientious, like uh, this last Saturday, when I, when I went to the food pantry, I ran into three people I used to work with. And mm-hmm. I was embarrassed. I will tell you guys, I was embarrassed that I was in the line, but they were so excited to see me. They wanted to catch up. And, and I just made sure to thank them from the bottom of my heart for continuing the good work because without them, I, my son wouldn't have had some th- good yogurt to eat this week mm-hmm. and things like that, you know? Well, let me make you feel a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Everybody finds themselves in that position at some time or another. And it's, um, you know, it takes a very strong person to go and ask for help and get help. Yeah. So I want to commend you on that. Also think about it, Emily, like you, um, like you're doing a great part, like, yeah, you're getting free food and yeah, you need it. And that situation sucks. But Think about like the good things like that you're saving, like you said, from the landfill and all of that mm-hmm. other thing. Mm-hmm. And if you're tight with the women that work at that food pantry, let me, uh, here's another suggestion. <laughs> yeah. They gave me extra. Oh, um, yeah. So we have something similar in Black Mountain. It's called Bounty and Soul. And they get free food from, like you said, it's just about X going to be at its expiration date or just like a day past it and they put these boxes together and they give them away to everybody everybody Mm -hmm. you do not have to be you don't have to show anything it's free food for everyone because their ultimate goal is not just feeding people but to keep the food out of the landfill Mm -hmm. um so it's for everybody and they do it twice a week and when they give you your box they also have a recipe that uses everything in the box potentially and with some stuff left over so like and then they also make that whatever the recipe is and give people free samples as they're waiting in line i love this so like one time it was like sweet potato and cranberry and quinoa well the cranberries weren't in there but the sweet potatoes and the quinoa were in there and that sounds really good Mm-hmm. they do all kinds of really cool creative food like that and you know they they include the recipe in mm-hmm. the box mm-hmm. and they also include this really sweet message like they make these handmade cards they get kids to make them and the volunteers to make them and it's like you get these little inspirational messages that like you are loved or hang in there you're doing a great job or oh, whatever i love that I love that because, because uh, you know, guys, I, I I will admit to something. When I went this last weekend, I was in the in the car line behind a Lexus SUV, mm-hmm. and it was like within the last year model. And they're in the line to get food. And when I got up to get my package, um, I told them, "Okay, you had to put it in the side door because my trunk doesn't open." And they they kind of gave me the, "Oh, so sorry about that." 
And I was like, yeah, I don't really have a fancy car like all these other people do. And they humbled me because they said, it doesn't matter if you have a fancy car. You might have borrowed it for the day just so you could come to the food pantry. Mm -hmm. Never even crossed my mind that somebody might be borrowing a car so they could do that. Or I guess, um, like, I think the person in front of me was not collecting for themselves, but for collecting for four other families. Like, they were doing a service. Mm -hmm. And I was just so humbled by all of that. And it hit me again how judgmental I can be even in the moment when I am needing help myself. (laughs) I I was just, I was, it was, it was a really humbling moment. Let me just tell you, but um, yeah, we never know what somebody else is going through, but that is not like, that is not a, I mean, that is just a human thing. Like opinions are formed by judgment and you know, that's how people make, opinions they are judging and you know and the fact that you okay I'm going to give you some more kudos the fact that you (laughs) recognize that I'm always trying to recognize that like is that the kindest thing I can think about that human that I don't know yes exactly and and see okay so listeners this is another reason why I love Julius because she's always giving me kudos (laughs) for for my poor attempts at being a better human being (laughs) Well, we can all be better. We're, yes. We're messy. Humans are messy and yes. complicated. And we are the greatest things and we're also the most awful thing. I will I will end uh, before I say thank you to Julie. I'll just say we've given you a lot of suggestions. And that's not even, I wouldn't even call it the tip of the iceberg of things. These are just a couple things that Julie and I have had in our brains or that we use regularly or thoughts of things we want to try. Um, and that's not even um, all that we can do. However, all of these things that we've mentioned does take energy and does take time, effort, mm-hmm. which is energy, right? Um, and so I just w- I want to encourage everybody to just recognize where their energy, um, they feel like they want it to go right now, where it can go right now. If it can't go to something like this, that's totally fine. But... Mm-hmm. The, um, there, my, my father used to, he doesn't do this anymore because he's learned over the past decade that I've been working with the less fortunate or the fringes of society or what we call the disenfranchised. Um, he used to say that if these people just put the same effort that they're putting into being homeless into getting a job, then we could eradicate the homeless population. What he now recognizes from my work in the field and everything is that it is literally a full-time job to be homeless mm-hmm. because it it's so much more effort to get the same resources that a housed person uh, has access to. So all these things that we've been talking about are honestly luxury ideas. If you don't have the time to make your own Windex, which is the vinegar salute. Wait, what was it again? Was it just vinegar? Or it was, was vinegar it- and water. Vinegar and water. If you don't have the time to do that, then you don't have the time. You can use your Windex, right? If right. you don't have the time to rethink how to use expired milk or cucumbers that are going bad and make pickles or something like that, that's okay. You don't have the time. Um, but for me... I am currently a stay-at-home mom thinking about starting my own business. Who knows if I will? I just don't even know anymore. Um, 
but for right now, this is this is my entire life. Like, because knitting has been taken away from me. So I have the extra time and energy to do to invest in the things that I've always wanted to try, which are the things that Julian and I have been talking about today. So just recognize that and be be okay with the fact that you you, you know, these things are all luxury things, even though <laughs> when we're talking about them, they didn't seem like luxury things, right? No, it's when you when you look at it that way, it's definitely another aspect of privilege. It really is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Privilege. That's a good word to use. I really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am very privileged that I um, have the energy to save all the lint so that I can then reuse it and to make fire starters. You know what? Mm-hmm. A balled up piece of newspaper works just as well. Right. But, but I have the luxury right now to do the other. So I'm doing it. So yeah. You're... And people shouldn't beat themselves up like... I used to beat myself up because I'm like, oh, I had to buy, you know, carrots in a plastic bag because they were cheaper instead of buying like carrots that are loose. Yep. Which, like you said, go back to the packaging, right? Yep. Um, and I would beat myself up because I'm not being a good environmentalist. But you know what? Or, you know, I would love to use beeswax, you know, um, covers for my bowls and such. But oh, they're, yeah. you know, expensive. And yeah. right now I can I can't afford that. And I have, mm-hmm. you know, plastic cling wrap and mm-hmm. oil. And you just do what you can when you can um and mm-hmm. j- just do the best you can. And that's all that really we can do is you know the best we can. And then right now the best I can do is the plastic cling wrap. Yep. <laughs> and so yep. that's um, I gotta be okay with that. Yep. But and, and and I think that's a beautiful thing to say. And it reminds me, though, again, um, like uh, I was thinking about this the other day. I was reusing some tin foil that I had used to cover spaghetti and I reused it to cover something else. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But I, I was washing it in the sink and my husband came in. And he's like, why are you doing that? We have a whole roll of tin foil. And I said, my grandmother will roll over in her grave. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, it's the things from the Depression era Mm -hmm. that she lived through that I kind of have been thinking about as you and I have been discussing it. And it's something that I kind of want to revisit and think think about, like, these things that they used back then, which, again, took a lot of effort. But my grandma was a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. And then she was a teacher later in life. She had a career after my my mother, uh, who was the youngest child, uh, was out of the house. You know, oh, that's um, awesome. You know, and that might be what I have to be. And I and I just have to my career right now is growing my child and finding ways to make our budget stretch an extra buck. Mm-hmm. And that's OK. Yeah, I can do that. It doesn't mean that my efforts are less than my husband's going to work, which I will be honest, I have a hard time. I sometimes think that way. I I, I, I think that I'm not doing enough because. He's bringing home the paycheck, and I've always been the breadwinner. Right? Well, think about this for your kudos. Your paycheck is going to be um, the memories that you've made with your son staying home yeah. and the amazing human he is going to become. And he is going to be amazing, just like he is amazing, mm-hmm. even though she doesn't want to sit in it with you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Thank you so much, Julie. I'm so glad that you joined us. There were two topics that we didn't even get to that we have to have a follow-up 
interview on because we didn't talk about so Lilac is getting married to Eli and mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you about budget saving tips on uh, I was going to say just celebrations in general but mm-hmm. I mean we were going to talk about weddings and I was going to reflect on some of the budget saving things that I did I pulled off my wedding for less than $5,000 um, and it was catered and I did have a venue and I still pulled it off um, awesome. and oh and we had wedding favors yeah um, but it was a lot of hard work um, but then also um, uh, you're living in the Black Hills uh, right did I get that Black right? Mountains Black, Black Mountains well, Thank well, you. actually it's called the, it, the town is called Black Mountain and the Black oh. Mountains are a little bit further away but near but I wanted to ask you, because you have been adopting, uh, over the years that you've lived there, you've been adopting a whole bunch of different Appalachian ways and traditions. And I wanted to talk about those with you. And we didn't get to it. So, right. Well, we have a follow-up. Absolutely. Um, I'm still in the baby steps of that. But it's more like what you were talking about, like Great Depression stuff. And then for the Appalachian stuff, um, I really want to get into foraging. and Yes. Um, and herbalism all right my friends i'm gonna let julie go and finally have her dinner i think it's like what eight o'clock now (laughs) it is yeah (laughs) it's okay it's okay we eat late anyways okay good good i'm so glad but thank you so much my friend and let's let's talk soon contemplation corner i am only one but i am one i cannot do everything but i can do something I will not let what I cannot do interfere with what I can do. Edward Everett Hale. Well, thank you all so much for joining us for episode 67 of Little Cabinets. I hope that you found inspiration for ways to reuse, recycle, prolong the life of, or make do and mend in your home. There was so much more I wanted to talk to Julia about. Uh, We didn't even get to half of things like making our own laundry detergent. I wanted to talk about that and uh, the Appalachian way of life that she ascribes to. What does that look like in this day and age? So I'm hoping that Julia... Julie and I can get together soon to have a follow-up episode just on that. But I'm also in talking to a bunch of other friends uh, that could be on our episode soon. So be looking forward to that. I've got a friend who's currently in school to become a naturopath uh, doctor. Well, I don't know that she would consider that a doctor. I don't know. I have to ask her. But uh, that I'm talking to that I'm hoping that she'll come on to talk to us about those things. I've got other friends who want to talk about things like the reality of life versus what we put out there as the reality of life and and talk about that, that kind of honesty, if you will, and so much more. I think it would be so worthwhile to have Uh, all kinds of people come on the podcast. So thank you guys so much for joining us today. And from Jimmy and I and Mr. Radio to your house, we hope that you knit what you love and love what you knit. Ta-ta for now.